America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal. You are now listening to the Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. Hopefully you have questions, because if you don't have questions, you don't get answers. We need to always be thinking. We need to always be looking to learn and improve on everything we know and do and become. That's what we're here to help you do, but in the area of health, health optimization to be more specific. Why do we specialize in that? Well, there are people like you and me who want to be as healthy as we can. And that is something we have to do on our own. Take responsibility for. Why? Because the medical system is based on disease management and sick care. Your doctors can't help you. So we're here to fill in the gaps and to give you information that you can use to make better informed healthcare decisions. Our goal is for listening to this program that you will be better able to make such decisions, that you will be more empowered in taking control of your life, improving the quality of your health so that you can enjoy that life for as long as you are blessed to live on this green earth we call our planet. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors of the Royal Treatment. We have the Turtle Healing Man Clinic. That's where I work here in Las Vegas. It is under the jurisdiction of the Indian nation, specifically the Crow tribe of Indians who have exerted their jurisdiction over the practice of indigenous medicine, which includes all things alternative, including traditional medicine, for which they are given the authority and right to do by our federal government, who wanted nothing to do with it. And the Indian nation has decided to not only support our clinic, but create a licensing board for all those who seek to practice indigenous medicine throughout the country. They can be licensed for that purpose. This is important because currently we have only two states where one can be dual licensed, at least as a physician. That's in Nevada and Arizona. What does this mean? Well, when a physician is dual licensed, that means that he can practice medical alternatives under his, well, in the case of Arizona, complementary medical board, or in the case of Nevada, his homeopathic board. This is because any physician in any of the other 48 states who are practicing or using medical alternatives do so at the risk of losing their license. It has happened time and time again over the years. It happens every day as we speak throughout this country. Doctors take their license into their own hands when they prescribe something that is unconventional, such as vitamin C, even for the common cold. Even though physicians have little or nothing to offer for such common colds other than antibiotics, if you try to treat it naturally, and let's say that, well, someone reports you, it doesn't have to be a patient, it could be a jealous colleague. Happened to my father years ago, who was helping patients recover from their allergies using a homeopathic approach. He didn't harm anyone. No patient complained, but his jealous colleagues did, and they called it quackery. Why? Because he decided to do something unconventional to help his patients get well using a type of medicine that helps the body do its own healing. That's called homeopathy. 
The point is, with the First Nation Medical Board, we can help protect those practitioners throughout the country who want to use medical alternatives in their practice. And we have the Crow Tribe of Indians to thank for that. One of the things we do every week on our program is review obituaries, people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. We're going to do that today as well, looking at people who died just this last week locally and internationally. We're also going to talk a little bit more about dementia, which we discussed in more detail last week. And finally, we're going to get into a discussion on our eye health, your vision, the things that are affecting it, including drugs you may be taking, and how to correct it using a natural product that we use in our practice. We prescribe for our patients. I even take myself. So we're glad to have you with us. Let's get started. One of the reasons we review the obituaries is because we have an interest in observing what's going on around the world. Life expectancy is decreasing. Did you know it has decreased in the United States the last three Soon to be four years in a row, once the statistics are in from 2018, if life expectancy has decreased, we will have set a new record. Life expectancy in the U.S. is approximately 81 for a woman, 76 for a man, or 78.5 on the average. So we're looking at people who died just this last week, too young from disease they shouldn't have had locally. We have a 24-year-old man, a jack-of-all-trades and salesman who passed away. A 31-year-old man who struggled with addictions and mental health issues passed away. Could have been from drug overdose or drug side effect. 35-year-old man, a master plumber, passed away, leaving behind his wife and daughter. 52-year-old man passed away. 55-year-old woman who worked as a computer programmer passed away after a brief illness. 56-year-old woman passed away peacefully, leaving behind two sons and a daughter. 56-year-old woman who loved being a mom and grandmother passed away peacefully. And we have a 56-year-old man who belonged to the Carpenters Union who passed away unexpectedly from aortic dissection. These are people who died too young from disease they shouldn't have locally here in Las Vegas and Reno. We're going to continue our discussion right after the break. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. Stay right with us. Targeting cancer cells with DMSO reduces the need for full-dose chemotherapy by up to 90% because DMSO targets cancer cells, not healthy cells. Research demonstrates that DMSO, also known as dimethyl sulfoxide, has an affinity for cancer cells, which also allows DMSO to enter them even when DMSO is carrying chemo drugs. Could low-dose chemo with DMSO be the answer you've been searching for? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702 1454. When low-dose chemo is combined with DMSO or insulin, it's called potentiation therapy. This is because the cancer-killing power they create together is much greater than when they're administered separately. Are you a cancer patient who wants more than disease management? Could low-dose chemo help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for low-dose chemo. That's 702-562-1454. Business owners and entrepreneurs know that good information is priceless. Just one great idea can make all the difference. Hi, this is Joe Morabito, host of CEO Business Mind. Each week in one fast-paced hour, we share lots of proven tips and ideas to help you be more successful in business. Don't miss a minute of CEO Business Mind with me, Joe Morabito, right here on 1180 AM KCKQ. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Hey, check it out. I scored the security camera from Scotland Yard last week. You went to London? No, the spy shop in Midtown. Right, I've seen that place. Yeah, this tiny unit immediately notifies me and sends videos to my cell. That's awesome. What else? Well, Dave provides free tech help and demonstrations with all home business security and self-defense gadgets. I need that for sure. Well, then visit Scotland Yard Limited at 1092 South Virginia or thespyshop.com. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. 
When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We're back to the show. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. R-O-Y-A-L, like Royal Blue, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment. We are here every week to answer your health question. Now, if you have a question, you can always email me at D-Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel, Royal, at Royal Medical Clinic, all one word, dot com. Or you can call us here at 702-562-1454. That's 702-562-1454. I'm going to be speaking at a medical conference coming up in September, September the 14th. That's a Saturday morning. I'm going to be talking about the study we did last year in lowering Nagalis in our patients and how we did that with a natural product, a type of glycome preparation that interferes with the production of Nagalis, the enzyme produced by viruses and cancer to paralyze your immune system. It's a very important study and it was very successful. We had over 80% positive response within the first month that went up to over 90% in the second month for those patients who simply took the products, the natural products that we prescribed according to our protocol. This is something that we use for our patients who have cancer or who have an active virus such as Epstein-Barr. Currently, we have another study we're doing where we're looking at lowering cancer antibodies using a different approach, using light, sound, and frequency in combination, a way that no one is using it in this country or anywhere else that I know of in a synergistic manner. But so far in the patients that we have treated, we have had a 100% successful response rate in lowering those cancer antibodies. Now we get just a few more patients, enough to call a T-test, which means we have about 10 patients. In the Nagalis study, we had over 30 patients. We call that a Z-test. Once we have a T-test, we will publish at least our initial findings, publish those on the internet through the First Nation Medical Board, that Indian Nation licensing entity I mentioned before the break. Well, before the break, we were talking about people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. We're reviewing obituaries locally and internationally. Let's continue on with our local review of obituaries. A 58-year-old man who worked as a dentist passed away last week, leaving behind four daughters. Remember, these are local people here in Las Vegas and Reno. Check the obituaries in your area to see how they compare. Are people living to their average life expectancy of 78 and a half years of age for Americans in general? Check and see. We have a 62-year-old woman, a tennis fan, who passed away at her home. A 63-year-old man who worked as a dice dealer in the gaming industry passed away peacefully in his home. We have a 68-year-old man who worked as a printer, bellman, and Tyler Company employee passed away in the hospital. 70-year-old man, an air traffic controller, passed away after battling pancreatic cancer. By the way, the only thing I know that has been associated with the cause of pancreatic cancer is coffee. So if you're drinking coffee, be careful how much you're drinking and make sure it's of the best quality because we don't get the best quality in the U.S. That's safe for other countries like Japan and Great Britain. So beware. 71-year-old man, a member of the Teamsters Union, passed away unexpectedly, which usually means from sudden death or heart attack. 72-year-old man who worked as a bartender 
passed away while at home with his family. 72-year-old man who served in the United States Air Force and worked in the casino industry passed away. 73-year-old woman, a former cocktail waitress, died after a courageous fight with multiple myeloma. That's a type of cancer of the bone. 76-year-old woman who worked as a physical education health teacher for the Clark County School District passed away. 77-year-old man passed away after a valiant battle with a long and painful cancer illness. And we have a 78-year-old woman who owned and operated 7-Eleven, passed away in hospice from cancer. Well, those are the local people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Now let's look at international celebrity notables around the world who passed away last week from diseases they shouldn't have had at ages, well, they were too young to die at. We have Anastasia Berencina, Berencina, I'm sorry, Russian soccer player, died at 21 years of age from a cardiac arrest or heart attack. Anastasia Berezina. Walter Martinez, Honduran soccer player for the national team, died at 37 years of age from a heart attack. Shamnad Bashir, an Indian legal scholar, or legal scholar in India, died at 43 years of age from carbon monoxide suffocation. This occurred while he was using the heater in his car. I'm not sure how that happened, but he was found in the car with the doors locked and the windows rolled up. Apparently, there was a defect in the exhaust. He fell asleep and died. Igor Kachmazov, Russian soccer player, died at 50 years of age. Dejan Kurovic, Serbian soccer player, died at 51 years of age from leukemia. Candido Sibilio, Dominican-born basketball player who played for Spain in the 1980 Olympics. He died at 60 years of age. Don Banks, American NFL National Football League writer, died at 57 years of age in his sleep while covering the pro NFL Hall of Fame ceremonies. Nicky Wonder, American guitarist, passed away at 59 years of age in his sleep. Francesca Sunston, an American bassist and artist, died at 59 years of age from lymphoma cancer. Lizzie Gray, American rock musician, died at 60 years of age due to complications from Lewy body disease. Remember, that's one of three types of dementia. We mentioned last week, dementia is the number one cause of death in the United Kingdom. Lewy body disease is different than Alzheimer's, which is the number one cause of disease or dementia, I should say. Lewy body results in a physical downhill course before dementia manifests. Football players get the vascular dementia. And their life expectancy is, well, 68, about 10 years less than the average U.S. American. Selinda Disenica, Sri Lankan politician, member of parliament, died at 61 years of age in the hospital after a brief illness. Gerald Drake, American professional football player and coach, died at 62 years of age, suddenly and unexpectedly. Neil Schulman, American novelist, died at 66 years of age from a heart attack. Harold Nickel, German soccer player, died at 66 years of age from cancer. Jan Simonson, Norwegian politician and member of parliament, died at 66 years of age from a long-term cancer illness. Prudencio Cardona, Colombian boxer, 1982 world flyweight champion, died at 67 years of age from Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. Shushma Shwaraj, India's Minister of External Affairs, died at 67 years of age from a cardiac arrest. Chris Birch, Alaskan member of the House of Representatives and Senate, died at 68 years of age from an aortic dissection. That's where the largest artery in your body splits, to be quite frank, and you bleed very quickly. And unless you happen to be practically in the operating room at the time, you won't survive. Deepak Obrai, Canadian politician, member of parliament, died at 69 years of age from cancer. Ahmad Lai Bujang, a Malaysian politician and member of parliament, died at 69 years of age in Malaysia's National Heart Institute. I guess there was nothing that they could do for him there. Joe Totoris, an American restaurateur and founder of Jason's Deli, died at 70 years of age after a 19-month battle with cancer. Cliff Branch, American football player for the Oakland Raiders, died at 71 years of age of natural causes. 
so-called natural causes, in his hotel room. Malcolm T. Elliott, Australian radio and personality uh, TV commentator, died at 73 years of age after having a five-heart bypass in 2004. Luis Perez, Venezuelan politician, secretary general and senator, died at 74 years of age from a heart attack. Kerry Mullis, American biochemist, a 1993 Nobel laureate, died at 74 years of age from pneumonia. Nancy Keenholz, American artist, died at 75 years of age from complications of a recent illness. Fabrizio Saccomani, Italy's Minister of Finance, Director of the Bank of Italy, died at 76 years of age from a heart attack. Stu Rosen, American voice director and actor, died at 80 years of age after a battle with cancer. And finally, we have a different kind of death. We have someone who exceeded their life expectancy. Alfred Smith, Scottish super centurion, the oldest man in Scotland, died at 111 years of age and 128 days. Congratulations to him, I suppose, or his family. He's gone, but he lived a long and hopefully healthy life. Well, as I said, we were going to be talking on this program a little bit more about dementia and some of the things that have been found to contribute to that dementia and perhaps some of the things that we can do to help prevent it in our cells. The fact that it's the number one cause of death in the United Kingdom should give us all pause. Of course, it all depends on how you look at statistics. Remember, when we broke the statistics down, they reported heart disease, dementia, and cancer separately, and the cancer categories were broken down to prostate, breast, lung, leukemia. But when you added up the cancer deaths, if you put them all in one category, cancer was actually number one. But the fact that dementia is even in the mix, that it's high enough to be considered number one, is, well, quite frankly, astonishing. We should all be minding our P's and Q's, so to speak, and working every single day to improve not only our physical health, but our mental health. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion right after the break. So please stay with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. Ready for a live game of Clue? For nearly 30 years, Fun Time Theater has held private and monthly dinner murder mysteries. Each night is different, and each event includes dinner and a show. You're the detective, and your job is to figure out who did what to who and why. At the end of the night, a super sleuth and not-so-super sleuth are awarded prizes. This is a great event for a birthday or holiday party and team-building events for your office. Visit FunTimeTheater.com to make your reservations and use promo code RADIO for $5 off each admission. Excuse me, I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. 
Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back at the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you, my friends, are listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions, and today we're talking about dementia as a follow-up to our discussion last week, and we're going to finish our discussion today talking about your eye health and how we can prevent a deterioration of our vision and improve it naturally. If you have questions and would like to reach me, feel free to call me here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, where I practice here in Las Vegas. We use natural approaches, medical alternatives, and so forth. 702-562-1454. That is the number where you can reach us here, THB Clinic, 702-562-1454, or email me at droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. D is in Daniel, Royal. R-O-Y-A-L at Royal Medical Clinic, all one word, dot com. Before the break, we talked a little bit about dementia as a follow-up to our program last week. And I want to share a couple more things with you that were recently published just this month. Uh, One of which was published within the last week. This particular article talks about Tau Tangles. These are deposits that show up in your brain. Tau tangles appear to selectively destroy wake-promoting neurons in Alzheimer's disease patients. A small postmortem study found them to be present, potentially explaining the excessive daytime napping that precedes clinical disease. In other words, excessive sleepiness and napping during the daytime in an aging person may be a precursor that Alzheimer's dementia is developing. Compared with healthy brains, those from Alzheimer's patients showed significant tau tangle buildup in three areas of the brain that promote wakefulness. And these three regions had lost as many as 75% of their neurons. This was reported by the University of California, San Francisco. University of California, San Francisco. White-promoting neurons appear to be extremely vulnerable to Alzheimer's, but not other tauopathies. More were lost in Alzheimer's disease than in cortical basal degeneration or progressive supranuclear palsy, other types of brain diseases. This is what the researchers found, and they wrote and published it in a journal called Alzheimer's and Dementia. The study shows in a very rigorous and systematic way that tau pathology in Alzheimer's disease destroys the whole network of neurons that keep us awake. It supports the idea that sleep dysfunction is a manifestation of Alzheimer's pathology rather than a risk factor, opening the door to opportunities to treat the cause rather than the symptoms. It also supports the idea that early Alzheimer's disease, like changes in the brainstem, are an integral part of the disease and do have clinical consequences and should not be ignored if we want to treat the disease early. If we can treat the disease early, preferably naturally, without drugs that have side effects. It's a very interesting paper that was published. And by looking at brain regions, perhaps we can identify these deteriorations using uh, what's called a tau PET scan. And it also helps us to better identify those patients who are at risk for dementia by so doing. Uh, 
Anyway, that was one of the things I wanted to bring to your attention. The sample size in the study was relatively small. Participants were relatively young. And so the results may not apply to older Alzheimer patients. This was seen in patients that developed it a little bit earlier in their life. The sex-related bias may have occurred since men outnumbered women in the study. And whether had people had sleep apnea before they died was unknown. Another study, which was published just this month, it was actually a retrospective study. It was published over in England. Association of Social Contact with Dementia and Cognition. Here's what they learned from the study. They used data, health records, from 2,228 participants aged 45 years on the average at the beginning of the study. And they were asked on six occasions between 1985 and 2013 about their frequency of social contact with friends and relatives. Participants completed cognitive tests administered five times between 1997 and 2016 and were followed through electronic health records until 2017 to ascertain dementia diagnosis. What they found was a greater frequency of social contact at age 60 years was associated with a lower risk of developing dementia and that this association was linked to social contact with friends rather than relatives. We found that more frequent midlife social contact was associated with higher subsequent cognitive performance with cognitive differences between those high and low social contact frequency maintained during an average of 15 years of cognitive follow-up. And they also found their analysis suggested that more frequent social contact during early and midlife may build cognitive reserve, which is maintained and delays or prevents the clinical expression of dementia. An alternative explanation of their findings is that early cognitive differences could affect individual's subsequent ability to establish and maintain social relationships as well as increased susceptibility to dementia. Now, they did mention that there was a limitation in their study, derived uh, cases of dementia from the health records, because it has the potential, to, uh, the retrospective analysis, to miss cases of dementia people who are more socially isolated, which would be likely to underestimate the association between social contact and dementia. Well, I'm sure there'll be more to come. This subject is going to be a hot topic for some time to come. We all want a healthy brain. We all want a healthy heart. And we all want healthy bodies. And there are things that we can do to achieve that. Here is one other study I wanted to share with you. This one has to do a little bit with weight loss, but what they found was that curbing calories slows aging. That applies to dementia as well as any other degenerative diseases associated with aging. The research found that cutting calories works at the physiological level to slow biological aging. This study was conducted by a professor of medicine at the Duke University School of Medicine. Previous research has shown that calorie restriction hinders the aging process in mice, worms, and flies. Question was, to what extent such restriction has in the biological aging process of human beings? Biological aging is best defined as the slow but progressive deterioration of the human body's systems over time. If the biological aging rate can be slowed through intervention, it might be possible to delay or prevent the onset of numerous age-related disabilities and diseases. Now, I should pause here and mention that the FDA, our Food and Drug Administration, recently shut down some plasma centers here in the United States because they dared to use the term anti-aging in conjunction with their plasmapheresis treatments. They don't like that term. They don't want you to think that you can actually be healthier, that you can reverse your age and live longer, so to speak. So when we talk about anti-aging, understand that there are forces in the past that have tried to make it illegal to use that term. In fact, they tried to make it punishable as fraud internationally. 
the American Academy Anti-Aging was able to overcome that, but that was in the early days, about 20 years ago. They almost didn't make it. So looking at this study, the researchers found that by looking at 220 individuals, they randomized for calorie restriction of 25% of their daily current dietary intake. The calorie restriction group was comprised of 145 people. Their calories were reduced by 12% across a two-year study. And then there was another group which calories were not restricted, comprised of about 75 individuals. So they had three different groups. One that reduced calories by 25%, one by 12%, and one by 0%. Now, one method calculated the biological age for participants according to their chronological age, as well as their biomarkers, to gauge the function of their liver, kidneys, immune system, metabolic system, and cardiovascular system. Hemoglobin levels, systolic blood pressure, and cholesterol were also accounted for. At the beginning of the study, both groups had similar biological ages, I'm talking with the exception of the placebo group, as determined by the measurements described. The average biological age of participants was 37, but the average chronological age, 38. Now, once the one-year follow-up point was reached, those in the restricted calorie group had an average biological age increase of 0.11 years. The participants who continued their normal dietary intake experienced an average biological age increase of 0.71 years at the one-year follow-up. The difference between these two groups was statistically meaningful, showing that restricting calories really does deter our biological aging rate. The research team also performed another analysis that quantified biological aging as the level of physiological deviation from a benchmark defined by young and healthy individuals from a distinct data set. At the beginning of the trial, the maintenance and calorie-restricted groups deviated the same level on the average from this benchmark point. However, at the one-year and two-year follow-up points, the average deviation among the maintenance group stayed the same. The group in which the calories were restricted gradually became more similar to the healthy and young benchmark reference point. The findings were consistent with the mitigated aging researchers found in the group with restricted calories when the biological age calculation method was applied. Interventions to offset and control aging at the center of medical research continue. This is a very important study because it emphasizes that anti-aging is possible. I'm Dr. Dan Royal with the Royal Treatment. We're going to take a break. Stay with us. Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562 1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Looking for family entertainment? How about remote-controlled car racing on Nevada's largest indoor dirt track? Whip it RC Raceway and Hobbies. No equipment or racing skill is necessary. Rental cars are available and the staff will instruct you. All ages are welcome with classes for beginners, weekly races, and a monthly competition with a $100 cash prize. Want to buy your own one-tenth scale RC car or need parts on repairs? Whippet has a full hobby shop featuring recognized brands like Lowsley, Associated, Traxxas, Axial, and more, and now carries drones and drone parts. Whippet is the perfect venue for birthday parties or company and other special events. That's Whippet RC Raceway and Hobbies, located at 1005 Standard Street off Panther Drive exit in North Reno. Give them a call today at 775-686-8415. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Whippet RC, offering family fun for everyone five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things? 
the most important things in our lives. The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you're listening to The Royal Treatment. Thank you for staying with us. We're now entering the fourth quarter of our show, and we still have lots to talk about. I had a patient in my office yesterday. She presented to the emergency room last week with abdominal pain. She told me that when she went into the emergency room, that they ran some tests. In other words, they drew her blood and they did a CAT scan. They didn't bother to do a flat plate of the abdomen, an x-ray, which is fairly standard. They didn't even touch her belly. Can you imagine that? Didn't even examine her to see really where the pain was, whether it was a, a sharp pain, a dull pain, a rebound pain that might indicate it was a surgical issue that required more urgent attention. No, they just ran the tests. Guess what? They found nothing. So she came into our office and, well, we put her on a little different track to try to deal with what was going on in her gut. They had prescribed her three medicines, none of which she took. They were simply medicines to treat the symptoms, not even knowing really what she had. Well, she was back again yesterday, and we looked at some labs she recently had done, and her eosinophils were off the chart. Do you know what that means? Eosinophils are a type of white blood cell. I once had a patient uh, who had suffered for decades from what had been diagnosed as a type of blood cancer. It really wasn't. She had a systemic type of neurofibromatosis that caused nodules to form in her vascular system, and it was quite painful. And we've been able to help her deal with that over the years in various ways. But one day she came in and we did a blood test and her eosinophils were off the chart. Eosinophils are a type of white blood cell. When you break the white blood cell down, they break down to lymphocytes, neutrophils, monocytes, eosinophils, basophils. Eosinophils are often associated with allergies. Now there's one lab that we work with that does stool testing and when those eosinophils are greater than 4%, their index of suspicion goes up for parasites. In this case, her eosinophils were 10 times that. They were 40%, indicating that the parasites were, well, quite likely. We repeated her lab and got them back today. Now they're down to 10%, but it's still quite high. In other words, you can get parasites here in town from eating anywhere. It's impossible to know exactly what we're being exposed to, but the more reputable places hopefully have more reputable food. The bottom line is when you have abdominal pain, we still need to think about parasites. In regards to the patient who for decades had suffered from her so-called blood cancer, uh, later more specifically identified as vascular neurofibromatosis, we treated her for parasites and over the next several months, she passed a lot of parasites. But the good news is all of her symptoms got better and went away. No more pain. She was finally starting to recover from her health. All those years having parasites and never properly diagnosed because it's not an easy diagnosis to make since parasites go through different phases of growth. And so you may or may not catch them when you do the blood test. But when you catch it, you need to treat it. Well, that was an interesting case study, and we see lots of those kinds of things here 
every day. But I want to talk now about your eyes. We're all concerned about our eyes. I have one patient, he had gone to the doctor, he's having some trouble with his vision. They wanted to prescribe some very expensive lenses for him. But when he went to his ophthalmologist, he was told, you have cataracts. Simply by removing the cataracts, which is a very simple surgery, it doesn't need to be overly complicated, a lens is replaced and you can see again as if nothing had ever happened. Now, another physician wanted to do laser surgery. They claim that there's a laser surgery they can do to remove his cataracts and probably do radiokeratotomy at the same time, again, adding more expense to an unnecessary procedure. But we need to be aware that our vision problems can be the result of numerous causes. One of the things we do in our office, we do electromagnetic therapy. We have a pulse electromagnetic field, and it comes with two components that we can add for our patients. One is headphones. So if the patient has tinnitus or ringing out the ears, if they have dizziness, we can more directly apply that pulsing electromagnetic field to their brain. If they have vision problems, we have goggles that they can wear that exposes those eyes to a pulsing electromagnetic magnetic field, which in studies has been found to be successful. I remember years ago using this pulsing electromagnetic field in my practice. Of course, I was using it for myself to help me recover from a day's work before I went to law school at night and found it to be quite effective. It helped me get that power nap for about 15 minutes. But one of the things that the pulsing electromagnetic field was proven to be good for, the treatment of osteoporosis. You don't need to be taking a special drug that makes you sick and has side effects, you can do pulsing electromagnetic field to stimulate your bone growth. This was so shown years ago, the effectiveness of electromagnetic field by an orthopedic doctor who wrote many books on the subject. But let's first talk about some of the ways by which we might damage our eyes. Are you taking statins? Medications to lower your cholesterol. Well, some studies suggest the risk can be as high as 27% in causing cataracts when taking statin drugs. The risk for cataract is increased among statin users as compared with non-users. The risk-benefit ratio of statin use, specifically for primary prevention, should be carefully weighed and further studies are warranted. Professor Jonathan Trobe, MD of the University of Michigan, warns that many popular drugs cause eye problems. In his article published in the Review of Ophthalmology, popular drugs are linked to the damage of eyes. The review article did not mention statins, but was otherwise informative. Remember, statins, the most common side effect, of course, is muscle pain. So if you're in pain, probably shouldn't be taking statins. And when you lower your cholesterol, what other risk factors do you have? Well, you lower your hormones and you lower your fat in your brain and contribute to your risk of dementia, something we've been talking about on this show today and last week. There are also bone-building drugs in the biphosphonate class that harm your eyes. Fosamax, a biphosphonate that is prescribed for postmenopausal women to prevent calcium bone loss can cause orbital inflammation, uveitis, and scleritis, all eye conditions. This is also true of other drugs in the biphosphonate class. These side effects are not uncommon and they occur when the patient first starts taking the drug, said Dr. Trobe of University of Michigan. Unfortunately, we can't predict who will experience them. Fortunately, the side effects are reversible if the drug is stopped. So now we have two drugs, actually fairly common drugs. Most of the patients I know can't even tolerate Fosamax because it makes them nauseous, sick to their stomach. But we now know that statins and we now know that biophosphonate drugs can have an adverse effect on your eyes. Now, here's another drug. Prostate shrinking drugs can cause eye problems. Ophthalmologists need to ask about patients' use of Flomax, which is used to treat prostate enlargement and improve urinary flow in men. Everyone seems to be on a drug to control their urine, said Dr. Cindy Hudnick professor at the IVI Institute in London, Ontario. Men can't pee and ladies pee when they don't want to. Almost every patient of a certain age seems to be on this drug, which can have definite effects in the eye. In other words, Fosamax is being used for both men and women. The well-known syndrome, inoperative floppy iris syndrome, used to occur only in men who were on medicine to relax the prostate. Now, 
neurologists are treating women with these drugs. And that can, at the time of cataract surgery, make surgical risk much higher. Dr. Hootnick notes that even if the drug is discontinued, the patient is at a lifetime risk of more complicated cataract surgery. So ophthalmologists need to be asking whether the patient is currently taking tamsulosin or Fosamax or whether he or she has ever taken it. Now, there's another risk factor you need to know about, and that is the dangers of blue light. You probably don't know much about this, but let's talk about it as if we don't have enough to worry about. By the year 2020, 90% of all commercial lighting will be man-made blue light. Plus, we stare more at computer monitors, smartphones, tablets, high-definition televisions, all of which contain man-made blue light rays. Talking heads in the media or government aren't warning you about this threat, but the issue affects us all right now, especially the young. Children between ages 8 to 18 years watch, on the average, seven hours of electronic screen media per day. What does this mean? Well, brighter colors coming from your TV, smartphone, and government-mandated lighting will bring a new eye health crisis in the years to come. The consequences of repeated exposure to high-energy blue light are immediate, such as photocellular damage in as few as three hours, damage to photoreceptor layer in as few as 18 hours, and retinal damage and cell death in as few as nine days. Man-made blue light is not the same as beneficial natural blue rays from the sun. It does not contain the entire spectrum. And blue light damage doesn't just affect your eyes. A study from Northwestern University highlights other health dangers. According to first author Ivy Chung, a postdoctoral fellow in neurology in Northwestern's Feinberg School of Medicine, he said exposure to bright light could affect your metabolism. Northwestern scientists found bright light exposure increased insulin resistance compared to dim light exposure in both the morning and the evening. In the evening, bright light also caused higher peak glucose or blood sugar levels. Insulin resistance is the body's inability to adequately move glucose out of the bloodstream, resulting in a buildup of blood sugar. Over time, the excess blood glucose could result in increased body fat, weight gain, and higher risk for diabetes. Our findings show that insulin was unable to accurately bring glucose levels back to a baseline level following a meal with bright light exposure in the evening. The results of this study emphasize that our lighting environment impacts our health outcomes. We use a product in our practice that includes some things you need for your eye health. And we're going to talk more about that next week and the studies that document and justify its need in our I'm Dr. Dan Royal. We're going to continue our discussion next week. But until then, my friends, you all be well.